0: This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We have a very special guest in our second segment today, someone who's been on our short list, uh, as it were, of people we would like to have on this program. This would be Dr. Neil deGrasse. Tyson. Dr. Tyson is funny, he's informative, and he's been involved in the controversy over the demotion of the planet Pluto, which he will talk with us about in our second segment today. We're also going to have a chat probably in our third segment with fellow KDVSer Jeff Fekety, who's written a book about how you can attend the Super Bowl if you're determined to get a ticket, something a lot of people do every year. Let us begin the show as we like to do with On This Date in History, which in our case today is January 29th. It was on January 29th in 1820, 10 years after mental illness forced him to retire from public life, that King George III, the British king who lost the American colonies, died at age 82. While the two nations, Britain and America, have remained close over the the last couple centuries, America felt it necessary to found a new nation that did not allow power to be handed from one generation to another just because of family connections. Except we we did make exceptions for guys named George. I guess we just had a soft spot for King George and his mental illness. And speaking of royalty, in this date in 1891, following the death of her brother, King Kalakaua, Liliuokalani became the last monarch of the Hawaiian Islands. It would be just two years later when, with the help of U.S. Marines, Sanford Dole and his Committee of Safety removed her from the throne. It's funny, in a safe deposit box, I found a document referring to my great-grandfather that mentioned Sanford Dole. On this date in 1964, American director Stanley Kubrick's black comedy masterpiece Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, opened in theaters. The movie focused on the actions of a rogue U.S. officer who orders U.S. bombers to launch atomic attacks against the Soviet Union. The stature of this movie has only increased over the past 45 years, and if you haven't seen it lately, I recommend you check it out. And if you've never seen it, I highly recommend you check it out.
1: You know when fluoridation first began? Uh, no, no, I don't yet, 1946. 1946, Mandrake. How does that coincide with your post-war commie conspiracy? It's incredibly obvious, isn't it? A foreign substance is introduced into our precious bodily fluids without the knowledge of the individual, certainly without any choice. That's the way your hardcore commie works.
0: Hey, Jack, Jack, listen, tell me, tell me, Jack, when did you first become, well, develop this theory?
1: Well, I, uh, I, I first became aware of it, Mandrake, during the physical act of love. Huh? Yes, a, a profound sense of fatigue feeling of emptiness
0: followed.
1: Mm. Luckily, I, I was able to interpret these feelings correctly. Loss of essence.
0: Yeah.
1: I can assure you it has not recurred, Mandrake. Women, uh, women sense my power. And they seek the life essence. I do not avoid women, Mandrake. Yeah. But I, I do deny them my essence.
0: Our quote of the day comes from philosopher Bertrand Russell, who once said, What is wanted is not the will to believe, but the will to find out, which is the exact opposite. Our quote of the day comes from Conan O'Brien, who said, President Barack Obama signed the order to close the prison at Guantanamo Bay. And in the spirit of ending torture, he also ended the New Kids on the Block tour. Our bonus clip of the day, now a week old, also comes from Conan O'Brien who said, On Inauguration Day, Barack Obama will be riding in a brand new presidential limousine made by General Motors because nothing says hope for the future like General Motors. Our stat of the day from the Wall Street Journal notes that not only is Barack Obama the first non-white president, he is the first president who is not of one of four Northern European ancestries, British, Irish, Dutch, or German. If you think about it, it's pretty amazing. Our joke of the day, which comes from the clean joke of the week section of the Humor Times magazine slash newspaper, is as follows. There were two buddies, one with a Doberman Pinscher, the other a Chihuahua. Doberman guy says, let's go to that restaurant for a bite. The Chihuahua guy says, We can't. We got our dogs. His buddy says, Watch this. He puts on dark glasses and walks in the door. Bouncer says, Sorry, no pets. Doberman guy says, This is a seeing eye dog. Bouncer says, A seeing eye Doberman pincher? Yes, he says. They're used now. Bouncer says, Well, okay. The guy with the Chihuahua then slips on his pair of dark glasses and steps up. Bouncer says, sorry sir we only allow seeing eye dogs guy says this is my seeing eye dog bouncer says a seeing eye chihuahua guy says a chihuahua you mean to tell me they gave me a chihuahua let's do a bit of follow-up first of all with an email sent us by bruce who commented uh, when I remarked a few weeks back about the incident where I made up the uh, explanation for why I fell to the ground, saying, oh, I just wanted to lie down. Bruce notes that the term for that is confabulating. Its psychiatric definition is a plausible but imagined memory that fills in gaps in what is remembered. It is a term I always associate in my training with drunks. And Bruce indeed added in the P.S. My neurology teacher says that's what drunks do when found in the gutter. They make up a good reason why they are there. And in a letter not sent to us but to Sacramento News and Review, a man named William G. Hamilton from Rockland had the following to say. This is in response to a review of the movie Valkyrie, which we liked very much. SNNR Clips is at the top of my list for movie reviews. However, the writer of the review for Valkyrie, currently showing in local theaters, was absolutely clueless. The movie does not paint itself into a corner. Anyone who's familiar with the attempts to kill Hitler will know this is not a movie that, quote, tries to get you to root for the Nazis, unquote. On the contrary, it is a true story about one of several failed attempts to kill Hitler and wrest power from the Nazis in order to save what was left of Germany and end the war in Europe. Most definitely, the movie is not heavy-handed and slow, if you have the slightest sense about what is occurring. It is not lifeless and borderline silly, but captures the moment, is fast-moving, and is as historically accurate as a film can be. Moreover, it does not glorify the Nazis. Rather, it depicts what was really the penchant of the National Socialist Party for displaying banners, flags, and other regalia any, in any place of significance. Finally, as a historian and personal friend of Major General Bertold Schenk Graf von Stauffenberg, the eldest son of Colonel Klaus Graf Schenk von Stauffenberg, who, by the way, viewed the movie positively, I found the review to be totally misleading and obviously written by someone who is uninformed or simply doesn't know the difference between a grindhouse cinema and a great one. We generally approve of the news and Review uh, movie reviews as well, but Mr. Hamilton, hit this one on the head. And if you've not yet seen this movie, uh, well, in my opinion, you need to consider doing so. And uh, we've tried to not comment of late about uh, too much about Israel's um, incursion into Gaza. And uh, today's not the day, except to note that it's now been shown beyond any doubt that Israeli forces did use white phosphorus in Gaza. In fact, I want to thank Gary for the email pointing out uh, what was said on CommonDreams.org, article by James Hilder and Shira Frankel noted that when reporting in the London Times uh, about the phosphorus, it was at first strenuously denied by the army. And finally, in the face of mounting evidence and international outcry, Israel did backtrack and say, yes, it was used, but not in any illegal manner. But noted the writers, despite a denial when the Times first reported the use of white phosphorus, an Israeli army spokesman said a few days back that the military had never tried to cover up its deployment. There was never any denial from the beginning, said she. I'll we'll have more to say about that later, but I did note that there was outrage expressed uh, over Pope Benedict XVI's lifting of excommunications of four traditional bishops, including that of a Holocaust denier. Since the Pope is German and was, uh, in his youth, known to have uh, some, well, let's say, affiliations with the Hitler Youth, well, this is just rubbing a few people the wrong way personally i wish people would channel some of their outrage into uh, the atrocities that took place in gaza but that's again a story for another day let's instead delve into the good the bad and the ugly According to The Week magazine, it was a good week a couple weeks back for Don't Ask, Don't Tell after West Point cadets began voting on an award for, quote, the movie character that best exemplifies West Point leadership, unquote. Nominees selected by the cadets included James Bond, perhaps not the best choice, Indiana Jones. And no, don't ask me how that exemplifies West Point leadership. But everyone's favorite in this poll is the third choice, the late San Francisco gay activist Harvey Milk. It was, uh, conversely, a bad week last week for Shell Games after a New York man apparently attempted to exchange a bad lobster at his local supermarket. The grocers refused when they discovered that the man had, in fact, eaten the lobster and had reassembled the shell to make it look whole. No word on whether the the man's last name might have been Madoff. And uh, why isn't Bernie Madoff in jail? Can anyone explain this to me? I mean, the part I like best is that even Charles Ponzi apparently bought a few dollars worth of foreign postal certificates in in his scheme. Bernie Madoff... Apparently, never even bothered to make the trades. Anyway, it was apparently an ugly week last week for regulations when it was revealed that a new federal law may ban children from libraries. Apparently, the Consumer Product Safety Improvements Act requires all children's products to be tested for lead. Since trace amounts of lead can be found in some printer's inks, especially in older books, this law may actually force libraries to exclude kids until every single book can be tested. Said Emily Shekatov, executive director of the American Library Association, we have two choices. Ban children under 12 of age from the libraries or take all the children's books off the shelves. Well, it seems to me there may be some legislative remedies to this. Kind of like when Nebraska allowed you to drop off your kids, no questions asked. And a mother drove from Davis out to Nebraska to dump her 17-year-old. we got a lot, a lot of ground to cover in today's show as so we make it out of our first segment a bit early. We do want to uh, continue to give the Obama administration a grade of A for what it has done in its first uh, week. I'm very pleased to note that the first telephone call President Obama made was to the Palestinian Authority. Showing, I think, that the incoming administration uh, may be serious about trying to, you know, get some peace in the Middle East. I don't know if any of you caught uh, President Jimmy Carter on, uh, on, on Morning Edition uh, the day before yesterday. But uh, Carter explained very clearly that the solution to the problems between the Palestinians and the Israelis is the creation of a Palestinian state. This correspondent certainly agrees with former president carter and uh you know until until we have that it's going to be business as usual in the region i'm douglas everett you're listening to radio parallax let's take a short break and come back and talk to one of our favorite science guys neil degrasse tyson